1: In episode 130 of Circles Off, presented by Pinnacle, we debut our brand new studio. Define bad beats. What are they? What is acceptable to call a bad beat? We talk some football, strategy, why decisions are made, talk about some unique market offerings, and a whole lot more. Today's episode of Circles Off starts now. Come on, let's
2: go! Welcome to Circles Off, episode number 130, right here, part of the Hammer Betting Network, presented by Pinnacle Sportsbook. I am Rob Pizzola. Joined by Johnny from Betstamp in our new digs.
0: Brand new studio. That's two new in a row. I had a new hat last week. Same hat this week. And um, this thing's shaping up nice. It is, this is that thing of beauty. Incomplete still. Yes. We're, we're buying the final, the final touches. As you can see I've got my trusty uh, mic arm. Rob's still on the regular mic stand. What are we going to do?
2: You going to get an arm too? I'm going to get an arm, uh, but I want it to be like the low swivel. Where the, the arm itself is low. We want the Joe Rogan arm. Bingo. All
0: right. That'll be good. We've got some signed sports memorabilia here. We're going to do something, I think, starting next week. Cool idea we had. We're going to decorate the studio one piece at a time. Today, I'll pick up. This is probably maybe the favorite, most favorite sports memorabilia piece I own. I'm a big collector.
2: Right here, what we have... You're, you're, the, you're the Darren Ravel of sports collecting, basically. You're not collecting bus tickets and uh, you know stuff from the unions back in the days, but you love your memorabilia.
0: I, I do like the memorabilia. I'm, I'm particular in what I get. A lot of people like to hoard a lot of stuff, and they'll just kind of take everything. Me, I want the piece to be something that's really cool or a specific memory to me. So, for example, if I'm going to get a signed football helmet, I'm either going to get a player that, had sentimental value to me, like maybe won me a cool bet, won me a fantasy league, something like that, or just a legendary one that I think is really cool. So the one I'm holding in my hand right now, Minnesota Vikings helmet replica, signed by, Zach, if you want to grab that, Randy Moss himself, legend of the game, and he for a while did an inscription in his signature, which I was lucky enough to get one of those, where he signed it and then put the inscription underneath straight cash homie
2: Straight cash
0: so because of that in in combination with the inscription that is definitely one of my favorite pieces of sports memorabilia i own that'll be introduced to the studio this week probably going to put that up above my head for uh for next week and then we'll see what else we can um we can change out every week we'll try to talk about something else pretty cool
2: what if we did something where we took uh the numbers of the episode and tried to integrate something new with that number is that too hard to do like this is episode number 30 right there's lots of 30s in sports hockey especially hockey goalies so you're saying with memorabilia or just with, with memorabilia that's gonna is be tough. too that's gonna be tough right that's
0: gonna be tough i don't I mean how much we're we gonna spend on memorabilia here
2: well i especially like good good stuff because that was uh marty brodeur henrik hmm. lundqvist Oh, I actually have a signed Lundqvist picture. What if we could get a Chris, Chris Osgood wore 30? What if we could get his- Osgood uh, mask. The neck guard. Oh, that Alex. little, that, you remember the Chris Osgood of course, mask? Of course, of course. was disgusting. Chris you, Osgood, one of the few goalies to
0: play with the player helmet.
2: Yeah. The modified player helmet. Ilya Brzgalov was a, a he had the legendary clip. You remember the clip I'm talking about? Of course. Do we have it?
1: That's a hockey, you know, it's only, it's only game. Why you have to be mad? He's a good guy he may be tired to live here and then because here's in november month, is a minus 32. could you imagine
2: oh man i i die every time i hear that
0: funny. it's a minus
2: a 37 in the winter months uh. he's too funny man uh, breeze
0: Kalov, good wait did we no thank god i thought we missed this guy's number okay Dude, never th- mind
2: 30 easy steph curry 30. yeah
0: i don't have any anything steph curry well We'll see if I have something good, we'll, we'll save it for the episode number to unveil it.
2: Yes. But um, we don't have to do it. I was just throwing it out. There. It makes it so much harder. Everybody's everyone well, Johnny and I had
1: an idea. We talked about something. We might start to implement that, but it's, we're not going to tell people they have to figure it out. There'll be like uh, what are they called? Um, Easter eggs. Yeah. I we'll love like Easter eggs, but like you have to tell us when you find out. And then if you figure it maybe we'll do something like that. If you figure it out, the first mm, person, maybe we'll do it that for giveaways. Yeah, like, for right. penny
2: swag or something like that. Lots right. of people are looking for the pinnacle swag. I like that idea. If you have any ideas out there, drop them down in the comments below. We're, we're all ears. We're all ears for whatever we could do for this studio. Right behind me, so we have this wall of pictures that goes all the way around the studio. You can't see some of them on camera here, but it's nice when you walk in and you see all these. But I've coined the, the wall behind me, Bad Beat Corner. These are some of the worst beats that I've ever suffered in my life and one that Johnny suffered, which I stuck far away in the corner. But this fail Mary over here, I remember this like it was yesterday. I still can't even believe this was real you life. Lo- Did you lose money on that? I lost this game on the fail Mary. I was watching it with my wife who, I don't know if we were married at the time, in our condo across the street from where we are now, basically. And I was, I was in, I sat in silence for half an hour. How, like this cannot happen in a sporting event. It should be impossible for this to happen. This is maximum security in the Kentucky Derby. The, the bumping bullshit that happened was like 65 so, to 1. So you had a 65 to 1. He won,
0: disqualified. That one, obviously, a lot of people...
2: That No, that, that, this was this was an, a joke in of itself. Based on the
0: odds, you just can't... some
2: t- tough to get much worse than that. If you think you won, and then, yeah, obviously. I, I'm not a huge horse racing guy. I, I actually went to the track a lot with my dad when I was a kid. But, like, I can't tell you what's worthy of a disqualification and what's not. But apparently this one was really bad. Whatever. This one right here, Super Bowl. I couldn't get a nice view of Richard Sherman's face when he saw that this was a passing play instead of a run, which is actually one of my favorite images in sports history ever. But that was another loser for me. Chalk up another loser to Tom Brady and the, the so fucking Patriots. I
0: actually lost. That was uh, ROI-wise. That was my only losing Super Bowl in history. That one? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I lost on the game overall. Like I I'm not talking about I don't actually think that that play impacted me significantly, but I lost money on that Super Bowl. Every other Super Bowl I've either won or broken even.
2: That particular Super Bowl was the f- first time I ever publicly got into a spat with the Philly Godfather because <laughs> he was tweeting throughout the entire game. Of how like this was i knew that the seahawks the seahawks were the play all the all the joes on the patriots and whatever and i basically as soon as lo- as soon as it lost it was a great opportunity to dig in and poke the bear and be like dude have you ever bet on sports before and whatever and that got into a, a pretty big public spat
0: listen obviously rob rob printed the photos for this one i sent in a couple requests but when i came in and saw the photos I was, to my surprise, I was reminded of a terrible beat from a couple weeks ago when Dylan Dennis lost to Logan Paul by knockout that wasn't really a knockout due to the time. When we blew up that episode, when I did that rant on that episode, nobody had known that the time stopped. And then, like, a, I saw a week later, people started making TikTok videos, be like, oh, look at this, look at the countdown, the time was this. You heard it here first, on circles off it's HQ. True. Circles off premiere. Premier. A few other photos we have in here, one above Rob's head that I'm looking at. Might not be able to see it, but I I'm embarrassed because I see what Rob did is he put he put Jose Bautista, one of the bat flip, one of the greatest moments in modern day Jay's history. He's got Kawhi Leonard, the shot versus Philly, send the raps to the conference final. Vince Carter, the dunk contest. And then when it comes to our Beloved Maple Leafs. The best pick he could find for the, the franchise's best moment in modern history is John Tavares scoring to, to put advance the Leafs past, the first, past the first round for the first time in 20 plus years. I,
2: I challenge you. Which
0: they then almost were swept in the second
2: round and lost it in game five. The Leafs, as much as I love them, they're such a sad franchise. That I actually challenge you to come up with a more memorable moment in the last 20 years. The last
0: 20. um, More memorable than this. So the last 20, the previous moment I would say would be, no, that's it. Last 20. So like I'm going back to 2003, there is none.
2: I mean, I could have printed off stuff from earlier, but I want stuff in our lifetime that mattered to no, us. that's it, right? But, well, I mean, listen, Matt Sundin scored an
0: absolutely electric goal in 2002 versus the, uh, the Hurricanes. No, the Hurricanes. Oh yeah, yeah, we're it, thinking this. Was this was in Game Six. Think about how nuts people would go if that happened now. So Leafs were in Game Six. Um, it was one nothing Hurricanes at home in yes. Game Six. This was the the Conference Finals. So if you win this one, you go to Game Seven, win that, go to the Cup Finals. And Sun Dean, who is obviously our best player, captain at the time, scores in the final minute with the net empty to tie it up.
2: Ridiculous. It was nuts. And it was like, it was just a, like a Goldmouth scramble that he ended up putting the puck in. And he lost the net. an OT. I, I, uh, I remember that day vividly because I didn't watch the game. It was my first uh, training session to be a SportCheck employee. <laughs> I was getting trained on how to sell bikes and inline skates at some hotel in Mississauga. And my dad had to come pick me up from this training. This was like before Uber and stuff like that where I could easily, so he's there and he's like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Leafs are going to overtime. And we actually listened to them lose on the way home. No, why would you go to that shift? I, it was, first of all, I didn't want this. This was, see how it comes full circle. My parents went to, went to the mall one day and there was like some sort of job fair happening and they get home. And they're like, hey, Rob, guess what? We got you a job at Sportcheck." I'm like, why? Well, I don't want to work. I don't want to work. They're like, no, you need to work. You need to learn. I was 15 years old at that time. You need to work. You, know, you need That's to understand. That's how they get that. you. They got me. And I had to go to this training on the Leafs game six, which they lost to the Hurricanes. And my dad couldn't even watch the end of it because he had to pick me up. All comes full circle.
0: So what well, we're going to go ahead and hopefully within the next year, that is no longer the best moment.
2: But you know, speaking it of the best. Be. Speaking of the best, Pinnacle Sportsbook, the best sportsbook in Ontario. Find out what pros have known for decades. Pinnacle is where the best bettors play. It's 25 years in business for these guys. And it's for a reason. They're very solid, everyday competitive odds, just a great sportsbook experience overall. So if you're in Canada, make sure you use code HAMMER when you sign up to Pinnacle. Check them out. You must be 19 plus, not available in the US. And as always... We preach it every single time. Please play responsibly as well. means a lot. A couple so, big things. Wait, I got one first.
0: We were just talking about the bad beat corner. I got a beef to pick with a lot of people, you know, on social media here. I'm going to define here what is and what isn't a bad beat. All right, I got to get into it. We, we, okay? we do need a universal definition for this. So if here's... This is just, you know, genuine. There's so many things where it's like a tough loss, okay? A tough loss, all right. You know, you had a big bet. It went to overtime. You lost in OT. You had a lot of chances. Game could have gone the other way. Whatever. You lost. Tough, okay? Here is what is absolutely not a bad beat. Alabama playing versus Auburn yeah. this past weekend. Fourth and whatever. from Fourth and goal from like the 25 or the 30. Or the, th- the 31, I think it was. And they throw it, and he catches a touchdown, and they win. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, Auburn, what a horrible beat. Like, no. The game was still on. They were trying to win the game. They came back and won the game. Yep. Like, that's not a bad beat. Even with, like, totals in the NFL, if you have the over, and a team is down 10, they go the length of the field, they kick the field goal with 10 seconds left to try the onside. Like, that was the optimal move in the game. That is honestly not a bad beat. You got unlucky, and sure, tough. But that was still the correct play that went on in the game. All right? Bad beat, though. Zay Flowers running it in. That's a suboptimal move. They needed to kneel that ball or slide and the game is over. By running it in, he actually gave the Chargers a chance to win the game because now they can go, kick that field goal, and then onside kick touchdown. Like Their win probability, if he slides, is 100. Their win probability, if he goes in, is probably 99 point something. But it's still a difference. So when we come to all these bad beats, like I, we mentioned here, like the bad beat is
2: that fail Mary play. Yeah. Like. That's a, it, it's not even real. It's, he, it's like he it, didn't I, catch it. Dude, I was like gave a living in a simulation t- watching this hat. Like it's not, it didn't even happen. It wasn't real. It,
0: exactly. And same, same with like this, this Logan Paul thing. Like that never happened. Like that's such a bad beat what because do you, that what, what, But wait, what? So you know what the, the, the Marshawn Lynch play, we got to remove from the bad beat corner.
2: So here's what I was going to say. And and then there's another one here. There's a Kyle Seager one right behind me over here. Okay. No one knows what the hell that is, but it holds a special place in my heart because this was before the extra inning rules in baseball that you have now, which were now you have a runner on second to start extra innings, right? That game was a total of eight and a half that I bet under. It was zero, zero going into extras. And that moment right there was when it went over. It was Kyle Seager hitting a grand slam. Zero zero going into extras. Like, you, it's not a guarantee you're going to win. But you're upwards of 99% at that point. So Absolutely. It's like, it's like you're in, you have like a substantial lead on your bet. You're in a very strong position to win. That to me is like where, I, I feel like you're in a very, I don't know what the exact probability should be, but when you're in a very, very strong position to win and it doesn't, that to me is what qualifies as a bad bet. So we can we can debate the Marshawn, the uh, Darius Butler or interception over here.
0: Yeah, because that's the equivalent equivalent of if they just handed it to Lynch, he
2: got stuffed, and then they got stuffed again. Like it's not, it, it can happen, and it's not super high probability. But I can tell you, like watching that Super Bowl, I thought it was like over, and it's stupid to think that way. But I thought it was done. The Seahawks are winning; they were trailing. But that was second down, I believe. Uh, they had they had a first and goal. I think this play happened on second down. Yeah, so they did run it, and he got stuffed, I believe. I've re- I recall
0: that as well. So I, I, I don't know exactly, but all I'm saying, there's so many different things that can happen in terms of bad beats. When you're looking at like teams kicking meaningless field goals or like um, an onside kick return for a, a touchdown to kill an under, or even just like, um, let's say you're betting college basketball, you got a total, and it's a meaningless game. And the team just, and they're down 16 points. And then they just start fouling with like 50 seconds left. And it's like, wow, I just, they just had a 12 point minute. Cause they fouled three, fouled three. Those things are bad beats because you were supposed to win that bet. And just like something in the game that was suboptimal happened that got you. A lot of times with player props, same kind of deal. Like yep. how is this guy still in the game? And like he came in and he got this Yeah, like brutal. But the the Mahomes kneeling
2: in the Super Bowl was the one that I'll never forget. So exactly. He he lost like 16 or 17 yards on kneels. For some reason, he decided he wasn't going to take one yard kneel. He was going to. He had to kill time, but he went, oh, excessive. He went excessive. But anyways, those little
0: things, I I think, uh, yeah, are are, are massive bad beats. When we look at, a lot of people were complaining. They got like absolutely slaughtered on that Alabama game. Like, how did I not win my Auburn money line? Like they were fourth and 30. Like, yes, but. They're fourth and 30, but that yep. they're, they're to win the game like they're in it right away. Like they were favored just before that, like when they had first
2: down, they were a massive favorite. So anyways, I, I watched that play live. I don't, we, we don't really talk uh, just like general football on this show a lot, but I have to f- for one second here, because that QB had as much time as he ever wanted to throw. Why do teams not blitz more on these situations? Like, oh, like Hail Mary situations? Yeah. just like, the, the teams at Blitz always get home. Now, this is different. It was on like the 30-yard line or whatever, right? It's not like a 60-yard Hail Mary. But Hail Marys especially, just fucking send the house on these guys. The guy needs the time to get the ball 60 yards downfield. Send extra pressure. I don't understand what, what these teams do. They do, there was, There was a play yesterday. What game was it? Oh, it was the Monday Night Football game. Bears-Vikings. Now worked out because the Vikings need a million laterals. The Bears rushed one on the last play of the game. Now, granted, Dobbs couldn't get it to the end zone, but like, send send some pressure. Like, it's not going to hurt you in a lot of these situations. Did Anyways. you see
0: that, the, the pick six from Miami? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. What do you think on that play?
2: What do you think the move is there? Do you throw that if you're the Jets? I have my opinion I'll share after. Do you throw that if you're the Jets? I do think you throw that. You're the underdog. you got to take your shots at the end zone whenever... We're talking about the Black Friday game, Dolphins and Jets. And uh, Javon Holland, who returned it for a touchdown?
0: Javon Holland. We're going to literally hear about that for years to come. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Javon Holland, he's like one of the very few Canadian players in the NFL right now. We had like him, Chase Claypool.
2: Oh, you know what? Chuba Hubbard. Episode number 30. And we didn't even say Chuba Hubbard. Chuba. Canadian... So Canadian legend. Canadian legend. He one of the Canadian few. legend.
0: So so there, there's this TV commercial. If you're from, if you watch Toronto sports, you've seen this for sure, but it's like they do highlights of Canadian NFL players, mainly like Chuba Hubbard, him, Neville Gallimore, that guy. And they just like, Literally, there's this one player with like Javon Holland, and you look at the highlight, and it's just a absolute shitty pass breakup that's not impressive in the slightest. But they it made a TV commercial that airs every single football game, and I don't even know what the commercial's for because it sucks so
1: much. It's for it's an NFL <laughs> Canada ad. Okay, there you go, Shop it's or NFL, whatever so you yeah. guys you
0: know, it. NFL Canada. But now that they have that highlight of him, that's actually a good highlight. Well, we're going to oh, see that for years to come. Forever. That's never going to be lived down for, yeah. for Canadian uh, football sports. Anyways, I agree with you. No way the Jets should be kneeling that out. Yeah, You're a dog in the game. <laughs> Even if it's more likely for them, it's not more likely for them to return it to the house. It's more likely for you to get a touchdown. Dude, the, it, or it a would, pass interference
2: 100%. They cannot score. The Jets cannot move the ball. This is the, actually their best chance to get a ball into the end zone and have almost no repercussion for doing and so. And even if it is more likely,
0: slightly, for them to get a pick six versus you get a touchdown, like, you need that variance. You're a 10-point dog. Agreed. You're down. You need something. So either way, like, good good move to throw that there.
2: Um, on, 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 like, the rent. so the bad beat conversation— Whatever, you, we can argue some of these aren't bad beats. Maybe we'll replace some in the bad beat corner. They're just very memorable for me as plays that that hurt and or for Johnny in, in one particular instance, the Music City Miracles behind there as well. And actually that's not a bet that I made. I just have, I, I hate Bills, the hip, the Bills. So I wanted to make sure that that was behind me at, at some point or another. Um, you know, when somebody pointed this out to me, which was just like really funny to me this week, but you know, when we say like lost by the hook, how come one by the hook will, never became a thing? Do you ever hear, have you ever heard somebody say? Yeah, I won? you guys. I've heard you
1: guys make that joke we've before. S- we've you, said that? Yeah, you guys have made this joke before. No. Yes, well, I'm I don't gonna know. hold you accountable for it. What did it I say, one by the hook? No, one by the hook? Have, no, you guys have made the joke about like, why don't we talk about one no, by the this, hook? Yes. No, I've done this before. Yes. I know I'm losing
2: <laughs> my, my mind and like my memory is terrible. I admittedly, I need to do something to, to recover some brain cells. Occasionally
0: I'll listen to a podcast, like a consistent podcast. And then the host will talk about the same thing for the fourth time. And I'm like, holy shit, I already know this story. So it's just ultimately we probably do that as well. We don't keep keep records of this stuff. I'm telling you,
1: no one has watched and no one has watched this show or listened to this show more than me. Yeah. You have to listen to it it. three times (laughs) every time. Yeah. We've said it. We said it one by the hook. We said one by the hook before. As I don't EJ. remember
0: it, but yes. listen, I'll, I'll trust that. Okay, what's with these sports books offering absolutely insane bets that are not going to grade ever in history? Like, what, what, what country will aliens invade first? You <laughs> USA, like China, like whatever. And it's like USA is a favorite minus two hundred. Like, who's betting on this, bro? You're literally never getting that money back. It's if you do get that money back. You have the risk of the aliens attacking the USA. So you are what? What is that? It's like who's gonna win the war? Humans, aliens, and then it's like aliens are minus two hundred. Like,
2: is anyone actually placing bets on this? I gotta know. <laughs> it, it's you're basically giving an interest free loan to a sports book if you do that. It's interest never going to settle. Loan. What do you When's mean? It? That's never settling. Like,
0: forget about interest free loan. You're interest, just giving money. An interest free loan is like the they had a, they had a thing saying like will. The earth be declared flat by By uh, unanimously by 2025. That one, if you bet, like, for example, no, then you're just, you're going to win your bet, but it's not going to outperform the interest on the bet, right? right? So, because you have to tie up your money for five years. But these ones, like, where's the grading date? No, there's not. It's It's basically as big a scam as you can get.
1: Who's placing
2: these and how much money is being placed on these? I I actually gotta know. You know what I will say because I did work in the offshore space for a while. And here I gotta say something as well before oh, I wait, it to
0: like we gotta do a counter how many yes. times Rob says he consulted for offshore books or worked in the <laughs> offshore
2: space. We'll put it above his we above can put it head. over. This is exactly what I wanted to bring up. And <laughs> this exact hits moment. it. I have to say this because it's important when you're working in media or doing a podcast or anything. You have to understand there's a lot of you out there who watch or listen to every episode. And you would have heard me probably 20 times, if not more, reference the fact that I have consulted for sports books in the past. But over half of our viewership on a weekly basis is new, non existing listeners. So there's going to be people watching this for the first time. Who will be like, well, what the hell is this guy idiot talking about? Who, you know, what credentials does he have to speak about sports books? That's why I have to constantly say it. I know it gets annoying, and we can do the counter, but I have to get that out there. <laughs> I get it, but every single time, I do have to explain why I have some sort of subject matter expertise.
1: I'm doing that, by the way. We're getting that. We'll do shows it shows since. Sure. Uh, quote, <laughs> I consulted for a sports book. <laughs>
0: Since Rob mentioned he consulted for all.
1: sports If we ever did a
2: Circles Off bingo card, that would definitely be one of the spots. Rob yes. mentions he consulted for, for sports books before. But when I consulted for sports books, um, there's huge media teams that are associated with these. And they will just email spam everyone that it works for a radio station, TV station, whatever emails they can get a hold on of like, hey, check out these odds that we just posted for this week. And you would be floored at how many times they would send out something like, will the earth be flat? You get, you know, earth is flat, be declared as truth by 2020 to some like lifestyle podcasts and whatever. And it gets talked about nonstop. It is like a media hype machine. They literally just sit in a room. The traders are like, "Oh, what kind of stuff could we send out this week?" That,
1: I, like, and they just do it, and people eat it up. Well, here's what I'd say too. Like, I, I know Johnny, which book you're. you're I likely were referencing in terms of who's posting that kind of stuff. I know who they sponsor, and I know the people who the content that those people make. It has nothing to do with betting. And so what Rob's saying, all those people are doing probably is just. Oh, go like look at this bet that got posted here. Those they're be- promoting the brand, anyways. They send over a bunch of people to that because they look at the traffic that's there. They see it and then they dunk money in and then they're betting. It's part on of the market, it's it's okay, part of the marketing
2: but- budget for offshore sports.
0: No, but he- hear me out on these, okay? Because there's there's one up right now that I see, Justin Trudeau's next lover. Okay, it's not about politics. I'm not political. Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, next lover. Okay, the third favorite on the list is Melania Trump Melania. Trump Trump's wife.
2: <laughs> who's betting this? But no no, here's the thing, Johnny. You're thinking of all it, the people in the entire world. You, of all people though, Johnny, you should know. You came from you came from marketing and sales previously. You've no, talked about I know people are betting it. But but I just want to know who's betting could, it. They could get zero action on this. Zero. But as long as people are t- we're the idiots talking about this right now. And you know what some people are going to Oh my do? God. There's
0: no way number, the fi- the seventh favorite is Elvis Stoiko. The-,
2: <laughs> <laughs> the guy Canadian figure skater. That guy choked under in like every Olympics, man. Poor guy.
0: This is hilarious, man. But, but yeah, because yeah, people it. send it or they even just place a $5 bet and send it in a group chat.
2: And then like, that's yeah. it. it. It's, it's for the purposes of getting people to talk about things. And we are, we are, we have fallen into the trap Trudeau come out as as uh, LGBTQIA plus
0: in 2023, yeah. plus 1,200.
1: Like we just spent this time talking about it.
0: The
2: sports book, Johnny, they laid the trap and you fell right into it, man.
1: That one, I don't
2: know. They fell right into it. It's like when they lay that trap and 80% of the public, that's one side. And, oh, complete 10 We've gone on tangents this show, but we might as well.
1: Betpod ratings losing their mind. This is low bet effort f- late November content. Uh, Betpod bet bet pod, pod ratings hasn't it. been.
2: It li- must be on vacation. I don't think he's. First of all, Betpod ratings. Dude, they got so much good stuff here, in in the markets. Yeah, man. There's
0: some good ones. Like there's some fun. Lizzo's court case on sexual harassment. Case dismissed. Minus three twenty. Convicted.
1: <laughs> you're not, you're, dude. You're hooked now. You want to bet these. <laughs> you said you spend that like go who's betting this who's betting this No, no, because
0: some of these like two minutes know, later if you if you look at entertainment it's okay the Academy Awards these like at least there's gonna be a show and you could have fun sweating that out but these ones are it's hilarious man it is pretty
2: they are they are pretty good they are pre- they're clever the ones that they've come up with I did bet on a coin toss in space once before did I tell you about that Oh my God. I've, no, I, I didn't, but go ahead. And then I got to tell the coin toss. I couldn't thing find I, the actual coin toss in space. I don't even know if it actually existed, but I won the bet. <laughs> I was trying to, fu- I, I, it, was, it wasn't even, it was bad. It's, again, people, I know what I'm doing. I know betting minus 102, or minus 105 on a coin toss is not- No, opti- wait
0: for my story. Okay. Go ahead. Go but ahead. I, I
2: know that's not the optimal thing to do. Sometimes I'm looking for action, but I wanted to watch the coin toss. I only bet it so that I could watch it and I couldn't find this coin toss from space anywhere. It just graded in my account one day as a win. I don't even know if I don't even know what happened. So speaking
0: of betting minus 102 on the coin toss is negative EV. Yes. A buddy of mine sent me this this past week. I think it was talked about in a couple of groups and stuff. There was um, apparently, I haven't verified this myself, but there was a couple of cricket matches overseas. Okay. Where like in India, where the home team in India was to win the coin toss, they were like straight up to win the coin toss, like minus one fifteen, plus oh seven on the other side for them to lose the coin toss with like five k liquidity, just because baked in that it that it's just fixed. And they're winning the coin toss. <laughs> Fair odds was like, you could actually get plus 07. And then they ended up winning the coin toss because it was, it was actually just high potential to be fixed. So they right. had to price it in with real liquidity. So yeah, that's a good one. That was, it, that was, uh, that was in the chats a couple, a couple over the last
2: couple of weeks. I, I, Buddy I sent actually didn't, me. Know I yeah, didn't, didn't know that. I didn't know that it would, the, the, the fix is being priced into the actual market at this point in India Premier League. I that, this is what I heard. People. I don't know for sure. Mumbai was my team. Big fan, my friend Tuva was from there, and I used to bet his local team. I lost a lot of money on them. So I
0: I got a couple questions for you on NFL um, that I wanted to ask here because I know you're betting the NFL. First
2: off, how you doing this year? Uh, We here. We'll pull it up now. We're very slightly profitable. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's fine. We had a we had like a one miserable week.
0: And if not for that, be up big the Mac Jones week. The Mac
2: Jones safety. I don't. I, I can't. Guys. I cannot relive that moment. Well, I'm just saying because you I,
1: talked about it on the show.
2: The, wait, the wait. Patriots, I bet the Patriots this past week as well, the 35-yard field goal that missed. Jeez, that's a tough one. Like, not it, a bad beat. Though. It's not a guarantee that it would have won anyways, but like, I'm so sick. I can't think of that team anymore. But uh, I don't know. We're like 1.4% ROI on NFL. And without that week is significantly higher than that. I uh, apologize that. Sort of, you
0: know, I sorry. apologize that that happened to you. Especially that field goal. Happens, that man. was rough, man. But you kind of had the feeling they were going to miss it. You know what? Like, like they, those two teams going, like there
2: was at one point probably favored for uh, Dude, no touchdown in the game. These guys <laughs> were playing for a, a fucking field goal against the New York Giants. They deserve what they got. They were playing for a 35-yard field goal. They are scared to throw on that final drive. Like you deserve what you get in the NFL. It does feel... The NFL has just this way, though, of beating you down in ways that other sports, in my opinion, do not. Like, you can lose games that are painful in the NHL. You've been on a game, you lose in a shootout, come from, like, these happen in other sports. But I don't know why the NFL ones just feel more, it feels like the world is against you when you lose some of these games. Some of the refereeing, the officiating. This, I had, in the same game, Houston Texans money line and the over of 48. What happened in that one? It's 24-21. And now granted, it's a 59-yard field goal attempt, but oh. it hits the crossbar. Okay, so you're saying if he hits that... I win both bets. But, or sorry, both bets stay alive. Because it goes to OT. Correct. You don't automatically win the Houston. There could be no scoring in OT, so I don't necessarily win the the, the over either. But it you just lose two bets on that one play where in your head... It's a hard field goal to hit.
0: I know, that kicker's yards. not even that good, though. Uh, he's, a, he's not. He's, he's a backup. But
2: it was right down the middle, and it doinked right in the... like Doinked down, needed another yard. But not even, because if you think of the way that it bounced up in the air, it's not like it bounced all the way back. It was just a little bit more. It, it doinks and goes the other way. Yeah. But anyways, that's the NFL. It just it, it's, For some reason, it's just pure... You're conditioned to expect pain. I, bet, I got the Bears on... Plus three and a half for Monday night football against the Vikings. And it's like whole game, Bears are covering. It goes 10 9 Vikings, and I'm like, holy shit, here we go again. And, and like, now they if they if they go
0: for it on fourth down here, turn over, Vikes kick a field goal. And dude, they, they
2: they turned it over. Just lucky enough it happened outside of field goal range.
0: I know. <laughs> because the because he fumbled it forward. <laughs> um but my question for you on NFL was this is listen, we're not trying to be recreational here. It's a real question for Rob, okay? These dogs in the NFL, yep. okay, is there actually any value to be had even at, like, arbable prices? Because, listen, there was one win that I, sticks out, which is the Cardinals beating the Cowboys earlier in the year as a big dog. Other than that, with these games, and I'm not talking about, like, seven-point dogs here where it's like, okay, yeah, the Green Bay upset Detroit. Like, that's – they can upset Detroit. Seven-point dogs, not much. Right. But I'm talking about games where it's the Giants over the Cowboys from yep. a couple weeks back. Yeah. Like, Giants you you're picking up a price where Pinnacle might be minus 1700 and you can get plus 1700. Like does that even have a shot of winning? Like it's crazy. So it seems seems to
2: me like maybe maybe taking the favorites might be value at this point in the season. So in that game in particular, I had value on the Cowboys both spread and money line. I didn't bet I didn't bet the money line in that game, which was high, but you also have to remember that part of what's got to be priced into those games is the possibility of a quarterback injury because you can bet the Giants. And like, what's the likelihood Dak Prescott's gonna get injured in a game that he leaves the entire game? I don't know, probably happens one in 50 times, maybe less. Could happen. It's it's probably less than that, like one in 25. But even without Dak, there's still favorites in the game. For sure, with Cooper Rush. Yeah. But they could easily, there's a realm of possibilities where they lose that But even
0: if Dallas scores only one offensive touchdown, they're still favored in the game. Yeah. Like the, the, and again, who knows? But it depends on the
2: circumstance. like man. the
0: gap is just widening
2: right now. It, it is like it but then you get like a game where um the Raiders and Dolphins a couple of weeks ago like okay, we can get into they this conversation lost. as much they still lost. Sure. they were still not even really close to winning. They, they weren't they were they were lost by a touchdown. the yardage totals favored Miami heavily or whatever. but you ask yourself in that game, okay if Tua took a big sack in that game, or whatever and he leaves raiders are extremely live extremely so, live.
0: that's like if everything possibly happens and then you're you're only getting like plus 700 on that sure
2: and and that that
0: game was that game was 1100 that was a 14.5
2: right and and like let's be real that was probably like super inflated at least relative to where i guess those teams had been priced previously like
0: would you be betting dogs like i want to pull up i want to pull up in yeah, the board for i, I like, do
2: i do bet bet dogs um, do you
0: actually think there could there's value on dog money lines right now in the NFL? As some people do. Some people have been betting those and like all season and be like, yeah, the value is currently in, is betting the dogs, like the bigger dogs in the range of like plus seven hundred and above.
2: Uh, it,
0: uh, again, you know what this week's this week isn't there is no spread this entire upcoming week above.
2: Commanders Dolphins is it No, but it's it's like, it's like it's like Thursday half. night football. Would you bet to consider betting the, the Seahawks plus three fifty get Dallas? So I don't even consider that to be that. Like okay. three fifty It's within the, the realm the of C- possibility.
0: Oh my god. You know how often a plus three fifty wins? Like plus okay. three fifty is nothing. Seattle could easily beat Dallas. They're not favored, but there's a twenty there's at least a twenty percent chance that Seattle's beating Dallas, which is roughly what the odds are there. Yeah. It's fair. I'm talking more like plus one thousand, like plus seven hundred and above, right. which has happened multiple times over the last couple of weeks. But yeah, looking at this week's board,
2: there's nothing. So like plus 1,000 is 9.1% implied, right? So to, at the end of the day, you you know, when you're betting a team at plus 1,000, the likelihood that they're going to win is small. And like, let's say I have a 10%. It's let's say instead of making it 9.1% implied, I, my true probability is 10%. Am I going to bet that team? No. Like I'm not, I need a substantial, like think about how Kelly, Kelly criterion works, right? And how you would bet. Typically speaking, if you have like a 5% edge on a big favorite versus a big underdog, you're going to put way more on that big favorite. So for me, there gets to a point where it's like, no, this isn't even worth a bet for me. It's not worth my time. But there are some instances where I'll bet a 14 point underdog money line. Um, I did it. Yeah, I, there, was a, there was like three weeks ago. Two or three. Uh, years I've ago. yet to catch one this season. Okay, it's been very frustrating. So I I get I get that, but like I do expect that if you're making the proper bet over the long run, you'll get some of them. So okay, I've been betting straight straight dogs, <laughs> losing everything, man. Okay, so the week that San Fran... How many
0: Arizona's Jets Giants have I bet this
2: year? I don't even want to talk about the it. week that San Fran played Tampa Bay, where they were 13 and a half point favorite. I didn't bet th- that's the week where there was a lot of big underdogs and I bet a few of them on the money line and I want to go back and take a look at what that was. Um that was the week Carolina played Dallas, right? I think potentially. Yeah, they got smoked. What else was in that week? Oh, I bet the Giants money line that week against Washington. Now, granted, it wasn't I was I bet them in like the plus 350 range, plus 340 or something like that. It closed like 300. That, like it happens. The Giants won a game on the road at Washington. Not not 14 point dog, but like eight and a half, nine no, point seven, dog. Seven, point dog. Yeah, whatever. Closing like between seven and ten is basically all week long. Yeah. Didn't have that. One. I, I get Unfortunately. it. Unfortunately. Listen, man.
0: No, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to complain here. I'm just saying, like, what is going on with this? Like there it seems like there's value every week on those, especially with when you look at pricing, but there's not hidden this year
2: it's it ain't, tough, it it's ain't tough to say because we don't see this in other sports okay like like look at that look at San fran Tampa Bay okay that that was Sunday November 19th I'm just using an example where one team's a 13 and a half point favorite Pinnacle line on that ends up being plus 577 on Tampa Bay you don't see plus 577 in the NHL you don't see it in the MLB no. N- and NBA, NBA you do you do but NBA is the same thing like big underdogs it, it's it's it get, feels
0: like they win more in the NBA than, than early, NFL. early season early I I would season say. yeah
2: late season it feels like they're dead for some reason or another that's my per you, we can we gotta figure we gotta figure this out there's edges to be had here uh, honestly but, there's but, edges to be had because every year that goes by
0: the gap within the sport either tightens or widens depending on the sport and depending on the trends that are macro and in today's NFL it seems like when a team's like blowing up, and then their coach is going to get fired and team and players don't to be traded. Like they're going to lose that game. It just, it seems like it. And yeah. then you go and then it happens. And I'm not talking about teams that are still fighting. Like, I'm not talking about the Browns. Like the Browns are
2: playing right yeah, now. Yeah. I'm talking, talking about the, like the dredges of the league that are like first overall pick material.
0: Like what were the Panthers doing before Bro, the, like, the last the, couple of weeks? Like they're going to lose those games. The Panthers. <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't know. We'll see now. New coaching, new new coach this week, and we'll see if that changes anything. So but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Now it might it might change himself, but the the
0: gap is there. Like the Panthers, they're they're gonna come, they're gonna come in the last top three, bottom three. Sorry, yeah. When you get a top three pick. It's not gonna be theirs. Yeah, yeah.
2: It, it's, it, <laughs> Shuffle it, it around for next year. I don't know. I, I I'd have to do more work into it. But to answer your question, if I have a, if what I feel is a like a decent sized edge on a big underdog, I'll play the money line. I will. I think they're they're well within reason, and, and yeah, sometimes they're going to lose painfully. That's what that's what shit teams do. A lot of cases, I bet Carolina on the money line, one game this year against Miami. They started the game fourteen nothing. I was laughing it up in the early going. They oh won, yeah, they lost no, like forty two fourteen or forty two twenty one. Like you know, I actually that game,
0: I remember betting like a fun live bet, like for a low amount of money when they went down fourteen nothing. Yeah, and I was like. There's absolutely no way Carolina's win this game. I, I actually that think the Miami Dolphins was, were still favored. Oh, they were still like six and a half, minus yeah. six and a half. I bet it. I think before, maybe before the second touchdown when they were driving. Yeah, but uh, and they still covered. It 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 happens. But I, I bet a lot of uh, UFC. Enjoy it. Um, I would say you know I've done a bunch of analysis on it in, in the UFC. Like the dog and favorite hit rates are pretty even, pretty yeah. even split. So you're you're hitting at roughly in that range. Yeah. And there are sometimes our value on dogs that are plus 600 plus 500 plus 400 in UFC. Um, especially
2: in the l- lesser known ones, like it happens, like the f- it's anything can happen. Well, okay. When we had shipper on, right. Yeah. He talked about this a little bit as well. And I agree with him. He was saying like a, a lot of times people assume that the VIG is, is balanced on both sides. It's like, Oh, you take what the, the probability of the event is and you add what some VIG to the, to the favorite and some VIG to the underdog. But in a lot of these cases, I actually think all the VIG is added to the underdog because nobody wants to go and bet like a minus 1,200 favorite in some spots. I don't, like, I, subjectively, that's what I feel. Like, I did you know, cat, cat out of the bag here. Whatever, I don't think this is a super big edge or anything like that. But I've been hitting some big favorites late in games in NFL that have like short field goal attempt to win the game. I did this with the, with the Monday night football game. With the Bears against the Vikings, I laid w- minus eight fifty on that field goal attempt. Technically, that wasn't the end of the game; they had a course, kickoff return. But yes, yeah, r- yeah, yeah, you're right. There was they, because they left five seconds left for the return or whatever. But minus eight fifty on that, which is like ninety percent implied in that. Yeah, range. it's a good bet. It's a good bet, dude. Come on, man. We've I've I, I know you can get kicks blocked, and and he missed the field goal earlier in the game, but. That's like a, yeah, I think
0: that was a 30-yarder on the nose too.
2: 30 on the nose. Like that's upwards 95%, you're paying 90% and like that's conservative I think as well. It's probably 97-98% in that spot. I've been doing that a lot this year and of course you're going to lose some big bets. I I I laid the 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 vig. I laid the juice on uh the Super Bowl last year of no field goal attempt to hit the crossbar and miss. Field goal attempt. I. I. Th- what was it? Missed the cross. Hit it was. The cross- mi-
0: it was any missed
2: field goal to hit, hit the, the cross- crossbar.
0: Hit
2: the upper. Like I. I mean, that was an absurdly good bet, and it lost. So it's. Gonna, they're going to lose. But I do often feel like some of these are priced, where I would imagine all of the bets coming in are on the underdogs, who are or, or just people convincing themselves that this has a chance to win. Oh yeah, I'll take a shot plus one thousand. It's got a chance. It's like, yeah, I guess it has a chance, but it's nowhere near the- but Not really. Not really. So that that's kind of been the thing for me lately. But it's a good, it's interesting conversation. I bet more spreads and totals than pure money lines in the NFL, but I will bet, and I imagine like when you're shopping money lines, like we're in Ontario, 30 books or whatever, you're going to find some pretty off market- underdog prices
0: I, I wouldn't even say off market prices there's certain books where if you want to bet a dog like good luck just don't you are never going to find it on that book but then there's also certain books where it's going to be fairly priced throughout and you'll be able to find something so right. yeah it just preaches the um, that just shows the importance of having multiple outs like you you have to you're saving so much money and you basically can't can't even win without that um do you have another football related item i do have one thing that i want to speak to I was going to – another thing I was going to ask you is um, the NFL – so, for example, let's say you win the, the first half in the NFL. Yep. Okay. Going into the second half as a dog. Going into second half down. I wouldn't even say as an underdog, so just down. Do you think that there's an edge potentially be had at the halftime there taking teams that basically historically have just been better, like clutch performers – And I don't mean clutch as in... I guess I do mean clutch. Like, what the the reason I ask it is there was a lot of uh, talk about Jalen Hurts coming back and beating the Bills. They were down at the half, and then the stats came out after. And Hurts, the Eagles have actually won, I think it was X amount of games in a row when trailing at the half, and the rest of the NFL has won, like, 10%. And the Eagles are hitting, like, X percent. That was significantly high. Maybe, like, one six in a row, something like that. Yeah. So, obviously... You, you have to factor in the price, the numbers, what, what the odds are, like what you're getting the Eagles at, what the score, how much are they down, everything like that. But there's got to be some validity to taking certain teams to come back that can come back and certain
2: teams that probably won't. So, this is widely and like hotly debated, I would say. Um, Kind of reminds me of like when people used to debate batter versus pitcher in, in baseball and people were like, oh no, it's small sample, throw it out the window. And some people would be like, no, there's obviously something to there. You see the, the pitch better out of a certain pitcher's hands or whatever. I think that there's something to it personally. Um, it's It's a combination. Some coaching staffs are generally better at making halftime adjustments than others. And I think it's consistently proven and repeatable. I'm not. I don't want to give away names or whatever. But if you were to just do a study of that, right, and how teams perform at certain times of the game, you will see consistent trends with certain coaches over like the majority of their career, and that tells me like, okay, maybe they're very good at scripted plays, and then they're terrible in non-scripted situations. What's which, ha- which happens with a lot of coaches. Uh, some others are the are opposite. They can not script plays to save their life, but then you take them out of that situation and everything improves. So I do think that there is such thing as second half teams or teams that play better when, like you, you watch games, right? And we all pick up on stuff when we watch games. Sometimes you're watching a game and you see a team that's down like 13 points and you're like, these guys think that they're down three the way that they're moving the ball. Like they're not gonna, they don't have enough time. What are they doing? They're huddling up. They're, and that just consistently happens with some quarterbacks and some coaching staffs. So I do think that there, there is something there um the eagles will play fast when they're trailing they understand that they have to like there's going to be teams that they'll be down 21 points and they score a touchdown and guess what they're going to do they're going to go for two smart decision because the likelihood that the other team is not going to score again in the game is very low so you just want to get accumulate as many points as possible so i see i see stuff like that and i'm like okay this coaching staff understands they're trailing, they need to get as many points in, in short timeframe as possible. And they do things to do that. So the, the long answer there is, is yes. Like it, I think that there's something to that.
0: So there was something that I wanted to, uh, that I was looking at that I
2: haven't necessarily,
0: you know, been doing, but wanted, uh, potentially anyone who's a listener to, that wanted to dig into some info on this, to, to go, to go run with it, message us on the show, maybe we can work something out, but Similar mindset to that on, like, which teams are good in certain scenarios. If you go into NHL overtime, yep, okay, it's very, very, very likely that it, I mean, assuming there's no power play on each side or anything like that going into the OT, that the teams are roughly priced 50-50 yep. to win the OT. You might have a shade, like, minus 20, minus 30, but it won't go higher than that. Um, and that's just for a five-minute overtime and a shootout. This is seemingly not correctly priced because there's certain teams that have to be better in overtime just based on the players that they have. And then the goaltending that they have. And then there's also certain goalies and players that are just way better in shootouts than the rest. They're all small sample size stuff. It doesn't really make sense to just like back test and be like, okay, this is the best shootout player because this is his attempts. But there are teams that are better in shootout than other teams
2: there's, there are certainly there's, goalies. There's goalies that are far worse in shootouts than other goalies. Correct. Um, who was who was it for the Devils years ago? Was it Blackwood or someone? I can't remember who it was. They they were just not gonna. They make saves in shootout. They're just horrible on breakaways. So there, there's that stuff. But you know, like um, Dinky, rest in peace to him. But he always used to tweet like his overtime and shootout record when betting on hockey, and for years it was deplorable right and i kept telling him i'm like there's got to be something that you're not capturing when you're betting the game in the first place because maybe there's like an added percentage you have to add for this team in case the game goes to overtime or goes to shootout and at that time when he first started doing it i was having the complete opposite results of him he was he was you know hitting 35 40% of his games that went to to overtime and shootout but he was like his average price on those games was like plus 100, should be coin flips. And I was having the opposite effect. I was winning all these overtime and shootout games. Then I got into the opposite as years went on, which you're not used to. You're like, fuck, I went from being, you know, plus 20 units on overtime games in a year to now being minus. What's happened? I got to tell you, I've spent so much time trying to figure out overtime and shootout in the NHL with almost no success. I don't know what it is. I completely agree with your theory of, yeah, you put Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl out for an overtime. That should be worth a lot more than, I don't know. I can't even give you an example, but like two players that are not that good. Like it's not even about who was favored in the game at that point.
0: It doesn't even matter. It, you almost throw that out, and it's like a new game in OT. Like if this was just an overtime game, what w- and shootout? Yes. Knowing that the goalie is in, locked in, and the players are locked in, but, but how can we do that? Like you realize, basically, there's
2: only how many players play in OT? Seven. Uh, on average, it might even be less than that. Six. Yeah, I, I, I actually, that's a good, that's an interesting question. But you you know what the most important part of OT is possession possession well but forget about the forget about even the overtime let's yeah. say you go into shootout yeah.
0: every time you go into shootout the odds are minus 10 aside yes. on live bullshit That's that can't not, be minus
2: 10 i i agree with you there somebody I, figure this out and let's 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 I, dust I, these bookies the, the, the edges are not that big but i i've done a lot of work on that and i agree with you there it's not 50 50 for every shooter. how could it possibly
0: be 50 50 when there's literally some goalies
2: who are just not not good in the shooting. Dude, out. there's games where you have a backup goalie going up against one of the best goalies in the league. I don't care who the shooters are on the team, like that's 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 more than fifty five percent.
0: But right. we also got to just like chart out and be like, okay, who's the best goalie right now in the league for power
2: rankings? Uh it depends. Like Rangers. Yeah. Like honestly, I think like Thatcher Demko's the best goal save above expected right now. He's not the best goalie in the
0: So league. name who's the best goalie in the league? Is he is it Shesterkin? Is he the best for shootouts for breakaways?
2: I, the I likelihood on that, that is
0: probably not. He's probably not. There's probably a goalie who's mid-tier. But here's the problem: it's really good at shootout.
2: But it fluctuates so much year to year. Like you, you don't see consistency for goal. This is the goaltending is. If anyone can figure out goaltending in hockey, you will you will be a multi-millionaire, because that's where, on a year to year basis, you see massive drop-offs. It's like what happened to this guy? Ilya Sorokin. He's he's been great for a couple years and then all of a sudden like can't save a puck and things happen it's it, it's it's the randomness of goaltending it could be mental it could be a player's dealing with like small injury and you don't know Pekka Rine went from being like the best goalie in the league to the worst so he had a hip injury that was kept you know shoveled under the rug for a couple seasons but th- these these are the exact questions you should be asking when you're betting on sports right obviously if you have a hypothesis and you look at the prices of of overtime in your shootout games. You're like, ah, oh, they're, they're lined, they're lined like it's a coin flip. This obviously can't be right. Okay, now you set out to prove that it's not right. And then once you do that, you just bet it into oblivion, basically.
0: Yeah, there's gotta be there's gotta be something there. Reach out to the show. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, if you find out, you can DM me on the side, and we can keep it. Uh, We can keep it on the download so
0: so there's one other thing I know Rob wanted to mention here on the comments. Come on,
2: guys. Okay. So I have to I have to bring this up because first and foremost, I actually do appreciate that people DM me on Twitter regularly with feedback about the show. It's great. I read everything that I get DM'd at some point or another. But if you could drop that into the comments below on YouTube, that helps a lot for us going forwards. It shows YouTube that people are engaged. For the 20 DMs I'm going to get every week. Oh, great guest. That was a great mindful. We answer the DMs as well. We answer the comments on YouTube. I check them pretty regularly. I respond to them. So please do that. But the second thing is the content that we produce here. So I read um, an article by Ferris. We had Ferris on Circles Off uh, several episodes ago. It was a, a show about like betting syndicates basically and how they work. Highly recommend you check out that episode. Really good. Ferris wrote an article recently, which I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I've messaged him on the side with like some things I agree with and some things I disagree with. But one of the things that he said he loved about Circles Off was that we're open to trying new things. And we do things that other people don't do in the space. And that's actually really important to myself and Johnny. And sometimes we're going to miss on stuff like that. And sometimes we're going to hit. I think last week's episode with Aaron with Giants-Badgers, went over really well. I got a lot of positive feedback for it. That's something new that nobody's ever tried in this space. But also, people message me all the time, and they're like, that Simon Hunter episode, which has the most views of any episode we did, continues to pick up views on a weekly basis. That's your best episode ever. It's the best episode of content I've ever seen in the betting space. I'm not exaggerating, this is what people say to me. Do more of that stuff. Do more of it. This is the honest truth. This isn't, this isn't meant to be a pity party or anything like that. But we do an episode like that. The vast majority of the audience that's going to watch that is actually going to be outside of the sharp sports betting realm. Right? We average, like, after two or three months, we average 2,500, 3,000 views an episode. We get a bunch of, bunch more podcast downloads. For that episode, the numbers are way more than that. The audience that's being exposed to that are people that have been exposed to Simon Hunter and Action Network before or people that are just finding us in their recreational sports bettors. Take 5 minutes of your day and click on that episode on YouTube and read through the comments on that episode. Because 90 to 95% of those comments are people who think me and Johnny are complete idiots that we don't understand sports betting. Who are we to go after Simon Hunter, who's won somebody money in the NFL this year and whatever. And the point I'm getting to here is that if it was another brand in the space that was out there that put out a piece of content and it made its way to the masses, let's use Barstool as an example. Let's say Barstool put out a piece of content that went viral and a bunch of people started ripping that Barstool content, what would happen in that situation? I'll tell you what would happen. The stoolies, as they're called, they would come to the defense of the creators that they love and trust and listen to regularly. And believe me, that voice would outweigh everyone else. Now, granted, we don't have the Barstool following, we don't have a huge following, but people are not gonna learn in this space. And maybe you're not incentivized to help other people learn. But if people could show us that that same support, it would go a long way for us doing those episodes because we're not robots. As much as I try to be a robot and like forget about what other people think, you can get defeated when you're doing content and you do something you're really proud of and you think that you've hit home with it and it's going to send messages, the right messages, and then you just get buried for that. So please, if you can support us as best as possible, it goes a long way. If that's the type of content that you wanna see, I'm open to doing it because uh, believe me, we've talked about the reaction videos. We not only did that one, we did another one. Though we're
0: gonna need an army though. We, uh,
2: it, it's, you, it's tough in this space. It's tough. When you're part of the 2% that wins, of the 98% that loses, what percentage of that 98% that loses is aware that they're losers? Okay.
0: That I don't know, probably not like n- not as many as it should be. Like honestly, Simon Hunt here, like fifty percent. Like so, there's a lot of people that know they lose betting; they do it for fun. Like I'm not gonna say uh, there's a lot of people that know, but yes, there's okay. probably a lot of people who think they win. Well, like here, definitely, a here's high my percent. whole thing,
2: right? Like the whole Simon Hunter. I'll drop the Simon Hunter thing. It seems like I have a personal vendetta. It's just because that was the episode that we did. I have to bring it up, but the amount of people who are like. I've been tailing Simon Hunter for the last 10 years and whatever, the last five years, and he's won me a ton of money. For For whatever I think about, I think Simon Hunter's a pathological liar. But aside from that, he at least keeps his records and his picks on Action Network. You can visit his Action Network profile and scroll to the bottom. He's 504 and 514. That's over 1,000 plays in the NFL since he started tracking for negative 19.5 units. Spare me like he's won you a bunch of money. What do you just pick and choose what he says? Like if you're following the guy's plays, you lost. You lost. If you're following my plays on Sunday morning on pizza buffet, you lost. It's not, it's not about whether wow, you win or Rob lose. Rob and Simon Hunter, one in the same. You Hunt, have a sound clip for that? You, you got, I, I, I'm just being real with people. But at the end of the day, if there's no one to call people out on this bullshit and we're just fighting the battle ourselves, it gets tiring. It gets tiring to be in that place. So you want, if you want more of that content, I'm happy to produce it. I don't want to make it spiteful. I don't want to attack individuals, but there is a lot of shit out there that people should be put in their place for at the end of the day. If you're gonna release garbage, then you, you you can rightfully be called out for that garbage. This isn't an opinion on what's garbage. You tell people about an NBA live betting system that's obviously an absolute fucking joke, we're gonna rip it apart and I don't care. I don't care about that person's feelings because he's selling snake oil to the population. But if we're gonna be in it on our own and like I'm gonna just get a million comments on a weekly basis calling me an idiot I don't understand with no one part of our community giving us any support for it, it it just gets tiresome. And again, I hate to make it a pity party. I actually do appreciate, like I do these watch alongs for every football game on forward progress. And we have such a tight knit, great community of people that follows, checks in no matter what. It's amazing. I honestly live for that type of community and seeing the same people and the same interactions, knowing the inside jokes that are going on. I love that, I live for it. But with Circles Off, we produce the content, we get good messages on the side, and then it's just like open firing season on us and on me. And I didn't wanna make it too serious or like go too overboard here, but. I think it's important to be honest with people and share that publicly. If that's the content people want to see, if you got my back, I will, I'll produce that content till the end of time. But if it's just us on our lonesome, it makes it a little bit more challenging to do. So
0: Zola going in. Thank you everyone who uh, does message and, and say, you know, we got a ton of messages over the past couple of weeks for some really good episodes that we put out since the, uh, the Sharky Waters fiasco, as a lot of people are calling it. Yeah,
2: but, and but, listen, but again, like we we're sh-
0: trying new stuff. Yeah. I hope everyone liked last week. Rob got a ton of messages. I got a ton of messages. Aaron got a ton of messages. We're all happy that you guys had the content. But if there's one thing you can do, leave a comment on the YouTube. Help scroll the algorithm. Let's see the community show out this week. Normally, we're getting, you know, 10, 15 comments an episode. Let's get up to 100 for this week. Let's see if we can get 100 comments. And just to make it so you have something to comment, I will say... Did get a message from a listener that was actually a female. They didn't really know if we had any female listeners
2: or not. We, we, ha- we have a few. Other than maybe my mom. We have a few. Enza Pizzola as well is uh, uh, occasionally listening. So
0: I didn't really know if we had any female listeners. What I, uh, what I want everyone to do here is comment and guess how many female listeners we have <laughs> of the show. And if you are a girl and you're supporting the show, thank you so much. If you're interested in betting, comment and let everyone know. And I'm not even hundred percent convinced that that wasn't a burner that the girl that reached out. But anyways, was it the profile pick that that was like a little bit? No, vulnerable? no, 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 no. It was a regular Checked okay. out. Um, we love you all. Thank you for tuning in. This has been episode 130 of the circles off podcast in the new studio with my new hat sponsored by Pinnacle sports, part of the hammer betting network. See y'all next week.